On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Longshot's off-track betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And what is the actual question? What is the greatest opening lyric? What are the best opening lines, best first lines of a song? To a song. To a song. Of a song? What are the best first (laughs) lines... Good start. Good start. (laughs) Real good start. Welcome to the age-old question. I'm Rich Price. And I'm Clint Bierman. And on this podcast, we explore questions that people have been debating for ages. Questions about music. And life. We're songwriters, musicians, music fans. And in the 25 years we've been friends, we've been practitioners of the unanswerable. But today... We'll delve into a new question, and we'll talk to some smart people, and we'll come up with the answer. Okay, Clint, what's today's question? Today's question is, what song has the best opening lines in music history? That's the age-old question. All right, let's do this. Let's do this. Gather around people wherever you roam And admit that the waters around you have grown And accept it that soon you'll be drenched to the bone If your time to you is worth saving Then you better start swimming or you'll sink like a stone Or the times they are Okay, Clint, I'm going to suggest 15 seconds into this podcast that this verse, these opening lines from Bob Dylan's classic may in fact be the best first lines of any song in popular music. We think of rock music as the soundtrack of youthful revolt. And of course, in many ways it was, but it was the folk music scene in the mid 60s that became the voice of the civil rights movement. Dylan says this song was a deliberate attempt to create an anthem of change for the moment. Clint, come gather around people wherever you roam and admit that the waters around you have grown and accept that soon you'll be drenched to the bone if your time to you is worth saving. And you better start swimming or you'll sink like a stone or the times are Recorded on October 24th, 1963. That was a month before Kennedy was shot and released a month or so after he was shot. We talked about this event in episode three, thinking about the Beatles and their first appearance on Ed Sullivan on February 9th, 1964. And that Beatlemania came along just as the young generation 
needed to be distracted from that collective trauma of the assassination of this young president. From Dallas, Texas, the flash, apparently official, President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, some 38 minutes ago. The night after Kennedy was shot, Dylan played a show and he opened the concert with this song. In that one song, he captured the essence, the zeitgeist of the younger generation. Not just that generation, but of every generation that comes of age and displaces the previous one. The song goes on, Come mothers and fathers throughout the land, and don't criticize what you can't understand. Your sons and daughters... Beyond your command, your old road is rapidly aging... Please get out of the new one if you can't lend your hand For oh, the times they are changing <laughs> God, that's tough to even come close to in any song ever. That's amazing. Let's stay with Dylan for a few more minutes. Yeah. So here's a song from Blonde on Blonde from 1966. Some have claimed this is Dylan's most poetic song. In 1999, Sir Andrew Motion, Poet Laureate of the United Kingdom, listed this song as the greatest song lyric ever written. Wow. Ain't it just like the night to play tricks when you're trying to be so quiet? We sit here stranded, we're all doing our best to deny it. And Louise holds a handful of rain, tempting you to defy it. Lights flicker from the opposite loft. In this room, the heat pipes just cough. The country music station plays soft, but there's nothing, really nothing to turn off. Just Louise and her lover so entwined And his visions of Johanna that conquer my mind Visions of Johanna from Blonde on Blonde, released in 1966 it was written in the Chelsea Hotel during the Great East Coast Blackout of November 9th, 1965. One critic suggests the song makes the narrative solely out of atmosphere. I love that description because for me that brings up something I love about music and about lyrics, which is some of my favorite lyrics, Clint, are ones that I don't really understand. What happens is your brain, your brain wants to make sense of things, right? So it takes seemingly disparate thoughts and makes a story out of them. At least my brain does. Even if it's complete gibberish, somehow my brain wants to make it make sense. Totally. So no, lyrics don't have to make sense to be awesome. However, as an opening line, I like to be immediately set in a story or a time or a place. Right. The ones that I've gone through and chosen as my favorite opening lines, they're either totally random concepts or it just sucks me in so deeply because I'm in it. Right. I'm in it from the first line. And like those Dylan ones, there's like a lot of lyrics in your opening lines. 
a lot that I chose are just that first The first sentence, line the first, or two. The first like eight words. Yes, this is interesting. How are we defining opening lines? You're right. I am in some cases choosing the opening verse sure. as like chapter one. Yep. Lay one on me. As a songwriter, our job is to create in the listener a sense of emotional feeling in three to four minutes. Right. As opposed to a, a novelist who gets hundreds of pages, right? So as a songwriter, every word has such power and has to deliver so much information, right? To get your concept across in two verses and a bridge and a chorus, every word has to be used well. And I think the great song lyricists do that. Right. They, they, There's no accidental words right it's every word is is purposeful intentional intentional so my first one which i put high in the running for greatest opening line ever paul simon simon and garfunkel hello darkness my old friend hello darkness my old friend i've come to talk with you again like, that's it. That's all it needs right there. Like, right off the bat, mm. it puts you in a in a place. It creates an emotional response. Hello, darkness, my old friend. That's what I'm talking about. My favorite opening lines are like that. I'll give you another example of my yep. favorite ones. I saw a werewolf with a Chinese menu in his hand. Warren Zevon, Werewolves of London. Okay. If you just saw that sentence... You're like, what the hell? Say it one more time. I saw a werewolf with a Chinese menu in his hand. It's just ridiculous. I saw a werewolf with a Chinese menu in his hand. Walking through the streets of Soho. (laughs) I mean, it's... it's... Okay, so, of course, I know this song, but I don't know anything about this song. Did this song predate the movie? I have no idea, actually. You know, was it written for it? That's such a weird song, first of all. But huge. Like, what a popular song. All right, I'm, I'm looking it up. So we... Uh, Werewolves of London is a rock song performed by American singer-songwriter Warren Zevon. Oh, was, the song began as a joke by Phil Everly. Ha! Huh? To Zevon in 1975. <laughs> Everly had watched the television broadcast of the 1935 film Werewolf of London. Ha! Huh? And suggested to Zevon that he adapt the title for a song in Dance Craze. Good move. Good move. Mick Fleetwood plays the drums. Whoa. John McVie plays the bass. Fleetwood Mac. And Waddy Wachtel plays the guitar. That's awesome. And Zevon plays the keys? And Zevon plays the keys and sings. Such a... It is a weird... I saw a werewolf... With a Chinese menu in his hand. <laughs> with a Chinese menu. But just like, you're immediately... Puts a <laughs> smile on your face. You're no, like, you're immediately <laughs> like... Is, Tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> Tell me okay. more. Okay. I'm listening. <laughs> okay. Uh, give me a, give me another one. Beck. Yep. One of his songs, it's a strange one, but it's a good one. In the time of chimpanzees, I was a monkey. Oh, it's so good. I mean, but that, man, that is absolute genius, right? It just means you're out of place. Totally. First of all, the percussiveness of that phrase. Like, you can't... The groove is in the words. You can't say that phrase without finding the groove. In the time of chimpanzees, I was a monkey. In the time right. of chimpanzees, I was a monkey. I was a monkey. 
It's brilliant. It's perfect. And then the sentiment, as you say, is it describes this feeling of being an outcast, being completely apart from from those around you, but expressed in a way that's totally unusual, but you get it right away. In the time of chimpanzees, I was a monkey. It's so perfect. That song goes on to have nonsense after nonsense after nonsense. The whole first verse is, in the time of chimpanzees, I was a monkey. Butane in my veins, so I'm out to cut the junkie. The junkie with the plastic eyeballs. Spray paint the vegetables, dog food stalls with the beefcake pantyhose. It's like <laughs> here's the story behind the song. In 1992, Beck was a starving artist living in a rat-infested apartment in Los Angeles, performing odd folk songs while often wearing a Star Wars stormtrooper mask. Someone from BMG Music Publishing saw him and connected him with a guy named Carl Stevenson, who was a record producer for Rap-A-Lot Records, I think. Beck went to Stevenson's house, and they wrote and recorded a song that day called Loser. It was a one-off experiment, and Beck, frankly, thought it was just mediocre. So he moved on, and he went back to his life as an odd folk singer. But in the meantime, a label called Bong Load issued the song as a single, and it caught the attention of influential radio DJ Chris Doritas, who's the host of Morning Becomes Eclectic on KCRW in LA. Doritas heard it and started playing the single. Buzz started growing. Six months later, Beck signs to Geffen Records and releases his first record. And by the time Mellow Gold comes out, Loser's already a top 40 hit. Huh? The raps and the vocals are all first takes. Beck said, if I'd known the song was going to be huge, I would have made it about something a little bit more That's substantial. Awesome. And my time is a piece of wax falling on a termite who's choking on the splinters. All right, what do you got? Oh, here's a great one. Here's one of those ones that, another example of something that doesn't necessarily make sense to me. We skipped the light fandango, turned cartwheels across the floor. Procol harem, whiter shade of pale. We skip the light fandango. Turns cartwheels across the floor. The hell does that mean? But the music is so nostalgic. I don't know if that's from the the Big Chill soundtrack and just the place that where that lies in my soul. That soundtrack was huge for me as well. Huge. All those songs. Yep. Like Joy to the World. There's another one. That's another Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Was a good friend of mine. Yeah, was a good friend of mine. (laughs) But whiter shade of pale. The mood of the song, it's just like Beck, really. The the music is doing one thing, and the lyric is doing something that to me doesn't make sense at all. I don't understand what this song is about, but the music is so emotional. And so melancholy, or I think I know what it means, <laughs> even though the words don't make sense to me. What is a fandango other than like a movie ticket? Right. It was released on the same day as Sgt. Pepper's. Whoa. It's one of the best-selling singles in history. It sold more than 10 million copies. That keyboard sound of that organ is the patch on so many different 
keyboards almost defined the Hammond organ. Yeah, yeah. In a, in some respects. Yeah, it's the whiter shade patch. Right. But what does it mean? I don't know what that song's about. It's a great vocal too. It's great vocal. Great choice. We skipped the live Fandango. All right, Clint. We've talked about Paul Simon. Okay. I think he has a bunch of first-line contenders. The problem is all inside your head, she said to me. The answer is easy if you take it logically. I'd like to help you in your struggle to be free. There must be 50 ways to leave your lover. So good. I mean, I love the story that unfolds so clearly in those first few lines. That's it. That what you just said is is what it all means for me. An opening line, you just summed it up perfectly. You just Jeff Simons did. <laughs> the problem is all inside your head, she said to me. The answer is easy if you take it logically. I'd like to help you in your struggle to be free. There must be 50 ways to leave your lover. <laughs> you just did. <laughs> it sort of reminds me of the, the Bob Dylan lyric from Tangled Up in Blue. I helped her out of a jam, I guess, but I used a little too much force. I helped her out of a jam, I guess, but I used a little too much force. That's like, that's a great lyric. That's a great lyric. But as Simon suggests, there's lots of ways a relationship can end, and sometimes for good reasons. It was released December 1975, the second single from the album Still Crazy After All These Years. And believe it or not, Clint, it's his only number one hit as a solo artist. What? It's hard to believe. Wow. Almost impossible. And it features the drum part, Clint, from Steve Gadd. It's got to be one of the most iconic drum parts in any song. Ever. It's hard to think of a drum part that's more iconic than 50 Ways. Yep. It's like a drum. It's a drum lesson that every drummer takes at some point. I don't think he did, but you almost have to give Steve Gadd some songwriting credit. Have to. Very much so. I agree with you. I wonder if he did. Pro- probably not. <laughs> and by the way, Clint, Paul only gives us seven ways in the song. Step out the back. <laughs> make a new plan. Don't need to be coy. Hop on the bus. Don't need to discuss much. Drop off the key and get yourself free. He leaves us to our imagination for what the remaining 43 ways might be. <laughs> wow. Sounds like a second song. I know. Let me stay on Paul Simon for a second. Another song recorded for this session for the Still Crazy After All These Years album, but put on the shelf for another two years, is a track called Slip Sliding Away. Again with Steve Gadd on drums, the Oak Ridge Boys, a country gospel vocal quartet on backing vocals. The song is genius in so many ways. The writing, the performance, the production. The opening lines, Clint, are... I know a man He came from my hometown He wore his passion for his woman like a thorny crown He said, Dolores, I live in fear My love for you is so overpowering I'm afraid that I will disappear He's saying... His love is so intense, he's losing his sense of himself. One critic wrote, It's like an ice cube in love with a lit candle. The closer it gets, the smaller it becomes. You know, the nearer your destination, the more you slip sliding away. 
I just love that. Man, he's good. I got another Paul Simon. We could do a whole episode on Paul Simon lyrics, I think. What about Graceland? Oh, yeah. The Mississippi Delta was shining like a national guitar. Mm. The Mississippi Delta was shining like a national guitar. I am following the river down the highway through the cradle of the Civil War. That's just like, it just puts you in a place. This is a great segue to my next choice. Graceland, which you just mentioned, was seen as this genre-expanding fusion of rock-pop sensibilities with African influences. But actually, six years before Graceland, in 1980, Peter Gabriel releases a song that does just that, both with the music and the subject matter. The song is called Biko, a eulogy to Steve Biko, who was beaten to death in police custody on September 12th, 1977. Remember, South Africa at that time was under apartheid, a system of institutionalized racial segregation that existed in the country from 1948 until the early 1990s. Government sanctioned and enforced white supremacy by the minority white population of South Africa against the majority black population. So for most people, the iconic figure of resistance to apartheid is Nelson Mandela, who spent 27 years in prison. But Steve Biko had become a prominent leader in the resistance to apartheid in the 1970s. And in August of 77, Biko was arrested, and during his interrogation, he was beaten to death by the policeman. I think in some ways this foreshadows U2's songs of the 1980s. Yeah, big time. The producer of Biko, Steve Lillywhite. No. Who would produce U2's debut record yeah. later that same year. You have a Steve Lillywhite story. He, he, he just is a big fan of the Barry saxophone. And uh, so with Dave Matthews' band, Leroy Moore, he just kept every song. He, he would just be like, get in there with that Barry, Leroy. And well, he's British. She's like, get in there with that you know, Barry saxophone and go do your thing. And so they started calling him Steve Barry White, <laughs> which is so good. But how about a quick spin of some great opening lines from other genres and art forms? Movies. Okay. As far back as I could remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Goodfellas? Goodfellas. Oh, that's a good one. We were somewhere around Barstow, on the edge of the desert, when the drugs began to take hold. Fear and loathing? Yes. Yes. <laughs> what came first? Music or the misery? I don't know. High fidelity. Oh, wow. Cusack. Way out west there was this fella. Fella I want to tell you about. Fella by the name of Jeff Lebowski. The dude. The second reference to the big Lebowski this season on this podcast how about this one? Three billion human lives ended on August 29th, 1997. The Matrix? No. Terminator 2. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Maybe the greatest writer of opening lines in history or of the written word itself, Shakespeare. Opening line from Twelfth Night, I think it's perfect for this conversation. If music be the food of love, play on. That's a great lyric, too. That should be... Segway from Shakespeare to my next choice, Clint. Go. Romeo and Juliet. One of my favorite songs by a band called Dire Straits. I'm going to choose a version of the song from their live album, Alchemy. I love the opening guitar. I love the way Mark Knopfler sings. A love-struck Romeo sings a street serenade, laying everybody low with a love song that he made, finds a street light, steps out of the shade, and says something like, you and me, babe, how about it? But how do you get that lyric? Like, And that's so colloquial. <laughs> totally. You and me, babe, how about it? Hey, oh, you know, it's like, how about it? <laughs> so good. So you love struggle Romeo Alright, you got any others? I got one. So another one that for me is Big Yellow Taxi by Joni Mitchell. Mm. They paved paradise and put up a parking lot with mm. a pink hotel, a boutique, and a swinging hotspot. And they're, they're, so good. They're, so, they're so much like biting sarcasm and like you're just immediately, you know where she's coming from. They've paved paradise. And put up a parking and lot. put up a parking lot with a pink hotel, a boutique, and a swinging hotspot, just like those jerks would. They paved paradise, put up a parking lot. With a pink hotel, a boutique, and a swinging hot spot. Don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you've got till it's gone? They paid paradise, put up a parking lot. I love that. I love the Counting Crows version of that song, too. I got a John Lennon lyric. Ooh, let's hear it. Words are flowing out like endless rain into a paper cup across the universe. Words are flowing out like endless rain into a paper cup. They slip away, they pass, they slip away across the universe. That's so good. And I don't even like. What does that song mean? Lennon's a great example of, of as a lyricist of of writing words that are for me impenetrable but incredible. Yes, sets such a mood that it doesn't matter what he's saying. I'm, I'm the, the walrus. walrus. <laughs> Nonsense. Sitting on a cornflake, waiting for the <laughs> band, band to come. come. Yeah. <laughs> Nonsense. You're right. I don't know what that all means. Right, but you get a feeling from it certainly. Yeah, I love that. One of my favorite lyricists of all time yeah. is Robert Hunter. And Robert Hunter wrote the lyrics for The Grateful Dead, mostly for Jerry Tunes. I think one of my favorite Robert Hunter opening lines is, Cold iron shackle, ball and chain, listen to the whistle of the evening train. Mm. Cold iron shackles, ball and chain. 
feels like the Old West in all his songs. That's from Tennessee Jed. I realize we've been having so much fun, we haven't called anyone yet. Who are we going to call? You know what? Let's call Jeff Simons. Can't wait. Yeah, call him. Jeff? Hey! You got Clint on the line as well. How are you, friends? All right, so Jeff, we're back at it, and this week's topic is what are the greatest opening lines of a song in music history? What a phenomenal topic. But I know you have strong feelings about Tom Petty as a writer of opening lyrics. I do. He would be my early nominee for best first lines. Why was Petty so great at the opening lines? Yeah, there's a particular genius to lyrics, right? That either either you're talking about something totally universal, right? You're doing like love, cars, rainstorms, or you're you're talking about a particular moment, right? Either you're not trying to hook people at all and it's just a dance song. You're like, you know, let's all party. But if you're trying to hook people, it's not just the declaration of the idea. You've got to like paint an image that people can immediately see. And immediately, like we got like five seconds, right? The music's going and then you have to construct this moment that people can just lock right into. Those are the first lines I think that really, that really resonate, that really land, you know? I was saying earlier that as a songwriter, you have such limited time available to paint the picture that if you don't come out swinging, you don't have much time to catch up. So I agree that it's just, it's that first line that it's either going to suck somebody in or they're not going to care. Right. I mean, like you can learn an awful lot about how much the song cares about it, what it has to say from the first line. So take us into the world of Tom Petty, some of his great opening lines. Uh, okay. So for me, his greatest songs are the ones that could almost work as short stories. I grabbed four or five of my favorite first lines of his. Aren't these short stories you would be dying to read? She was an American girl raised on promises who couldn't help thinking there must be a little more to life somewhere else. She was an American girl raised on promises. I know. Like, that's what that's what sends it. It's one to the left of what you'd think. Like it changes the entire thing. Yep. Mm. Honey, don't walk out. I'm too drunk to follow. Or she graduated high school and I bought us a trailer in a little park by the side of the road. Graduated high school. Like those are, I want to read all of those stories, you know, yeah, they're t- totally. phenomenal starts. I can see them. I can feel them. I can smell yeah. them. And, and they're so generous. Like Petty's for a guy of his generation, he was really interested in how the women in his world felt in a way that other singer songwriters of his generation weren't, or were incapable of tapping into. And so mm. a lot of his first lines have a richness of, or like a, um, like a generosity of spirit draws me in like right away. What are some other best opening lines outside of Petty? Blister in the Sun's a great first line. When I'm walking, I strut my stuff and I'm, I'm so, so strung, strung out. out. When I'm high as a kite, I just might stop to check you out. Let me go. So good. That's really good. That is yeah. like pinnacle in my life too. Oh, you know what else is great is the Where the Streets Have No Name. 
Oh, that's that, is that song. I, when I saw them, I've seen a couple of times. I saw them at the Boston garden. I was, I weeping. Yeah. Like, from that song after that long intro, when it finally drops, I want to run. And the white lights come on the audience. Yeah. I just had tears streaming oh, down my face. Know. That song's incredible. Kills me. When kills. that song comes on and I'm alone in my car, I just blow my I blow my voice out. Like I go oh, for yeah. the IA every time. Oh, yeah. Like I come home and I'm like, hey everybody. And like, what happened? I'm like, oh you too was on the radio. <laughs> Joshua Tree. <laughs> I love you, baby. Each time we're lucky enough to get Jeff on this podcast, we talk about his podcast. It's called 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. They go through every year they've been alive, so all 50 years, and you guys are 1999? We just taped 2000. 2000. You're 30 episodes in. Yeah. I have to say, I've listened to every episode except for this new one. Unbelievable. You're only 30 episodes ahead of my own family, so that's pretty good. (laughs) You talk about how much you absolutely hate Garth Brooks's... uh, Friends in low places, yeah. <laughs> Which you know, I'm frequently laughing when I listen because I, I'm like, you play a little bit of the song, and I'll be like, oh, I love this song, and you just spend the next five minutes just trashing that song. <laughs> but like it or not, when we're talking about opening lyrics, I blame it all on my roots. I showed up in boots and ruined your black tie affair. I talk about like an opening line of like a short story or something. Blame it all on my roots. I showed up in boots and ruined your blind tie affair. Yeah, I mean, some songs are are really well composed, but like, I just can't get past my lack of of belief. I guess that's the other thing about Petty. I believe him when he's creating that that vision in American Girl or that that couple that's going to break up and trailer. Mm. Not. Like, I believe that he's spent the time to think about that character and then find the right words right i feel like garth brooks like got roots and boots and was like oh that's gonna be good and then like <laughs> no, I just, that's yeah. why i imagine garth brooks is in the studio you know what you know what's gonna be good right here is we're gonna put roots and boots and we're gonna put a lot of cash registers i mean i just and that's on me i just don't believe him at all obviously that song's <laughs> well written like a, a billion people love it you know like right, right, exactly yeah. oh my god it's so fun to have you on and you're always just so entertaining for us <laughs> literally so anytime much. fellas good well we'll so talk good. to you very soon sounds great yeah. thanks jeff see you, thanks, see you buddy take care i mean every time never, every time every time <laughs> you never disappoint <laughs> It's incredible. It's incredible. I've got another set of lyrics from a songwriter who we have to discuss. We've talked about Dylan, but the artist that was seen as Dylan's successor to the throne in popular music storytelling, Bruce Springsteen. Mm, Of course. Suicide rap. 
I mean, that is so good. It's so good. And he has the same thing as Robert Hunter in the, in the way that like he puts you in like a time. I like his lyrics sound like they should be wearing a wife beater working on a car. Right. It's what we were talking about with the band, this whole aura of authenticity. And you could say that about Robert Hunter. You could say that about Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. So good. So good. All right, Clint. A couple other nominees quickly. Oh, my God, Becky. Look at her butt. That's on my list, too. (laughs) (laughs) I like big butts, and I cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny. And when a girl walks in with an itty-bitty waist and a round thing in your face, I mean, what puts you in... One guy we haven't talked about is Prince, and I actually had many Prince songs on my list, but my favorite Prince opening line is, I guess I should have known by the way you parked your car sideways that it wouldn't last. Oh my God, that's awesome. Little Red Corvette. I guess I should know by the way you parked your car sideways that it wouldn't last. There's so much in that line. You're right. Like sometimes you look back and you're like, I should have known. Yeah. Right from the very just, right from the very first moment. I could tell you were not a good person. Right. I should have known by the way you parked your car sideways. Like that's it's so good that it wouldn't last. It's you're just, if you if you park your car sideways, you're just selfish. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> You know who, who's a great lyricist who we haven't talked about? Hmm. Randy Newman. Oh, yeah. Randy Newman has a song called The Great Nations of Europe. And it's... The great nations of Europe They gathered on the shore They conquered what was behind them Now they wanted more So they went to the mighty ocean And took to the western sea The great nations of Europe In the 16th century Hide your wives and daughters you know, you talked about Big Yellow Taxi and, and how biting the lyrics are in some ways. Grand Canary Islands, first land to which they came. They slaughtered all the canaries there, which gave the land its name. There were natives there called Guanches. Guanches by the score. Bullets disease, the Portuguese. They weren't dead Wow. That's real. <laughs> what else you got? Busted flat in Baton Rouge. Love it. Busted flat in Baton Rouge. Heading for train. Feeling nearly faded as Feeling my jeans. Feeling nearly faded as my jeans. Bobby bombed the diesel down just before rain. Which is a nice analogy. So good. That's really good. There's some great other lyrics in that. uh, From the Kentucky coal mines. To the California sun. Bobby shared the secrets of my soul. From the coal mines of Kentucky to the California sun. Bobby shared the secrets of my soul. Yeah, that's great. He's a great lyricist. How about this? Go. I may not always love you. Oh. But as long as there are stars above you, you'll never need to doubt it. I'll make you so sure about it. Explain it to me. It's I like the sort of lyrical twist of this. Yes. Sleight of hand where it starts with a phrase you think is negative. But ultimately, right. it's the first half of a declaration of true love. Absolutely. You know I mean? 100%. Yes. I may 
not always love you But long as there are stars above you You never need to doubt it I'll make you so sure about it God only knows what I'd be without you There's 20 session musicians playing. There's a French horn, there's sleigh bells, there's clarinet, flute, strings, accordion, guitars, upright bass, harpsichord. Carl's vocal is just unbelievable. So you mentioned Carl Wilson. There were three Wilson brothers in the Beach Boys. Dennis Wilson was the drummer. Brian Wilson was really the musical genius of the Beach Boys. He was the principal songwriter. He was the visionary behind songs like God Only Knows. And then Carl Wilson maybe had the prettiest voice of the three of them. As you say, he's the one who sings this song. Let's listen to the isolated vocal of this track. I may not always love you, but long as there are stars above you, you never need to doubt it. Uh. I'll make you so sure about it. I mean, actually, the song works just a cappella. Yeah, it, I mean, all those Beach Boys songs do. I sang that to my wife at our wedding. It's the most difficult song I've ever yeah. performed. There's two other lyricists that I feel are lyricists of the next generation that are just absolutely incredible. One being Adam Duritz from the Counting Crows. The mm. August and Everything After, the the first song round here. Step out the front door like a ghost into a fog where no one notices the contrast of white on white. And in between the moon and you, the angels get a better view of the crumbling difference between wrong and right. That's unbelievably poetic it's incredible it's incredible and the story that i heard was he went in and just 23 skidooed it just off the top of his head like like it was just stream of consciousness stream of consciousness on the mic it's about the front door like a ghost into a fog where no one notices the contrast of white on white and in between the moon and you Angels get a better view of the crumbling difference between wrong and right. The other guy I wanted to mention is Taylor Goldsmith from Dawes. Mm. I think I don't think there's anyone in popular music now that writes better lyrics than him. This is a song called A Little Bit of Everything by Dawes. With his back against the San Francisco traffic. With his back against the San Francisco traffic On the bridge inside that faces towards the jail Setting out to join a demographic He hoists his first leg up over the rail Phone calls made, police cars show up quickly The sergeant slams his passenger door He says, hey son, why don't you talk through this with me 
Tell me what you're doing it for. Ah, mm. that's good, man. Mm. I actually saw someone commit suicide on the Golden Gate Bridge. What? Very similar to how Taylor Goldsmith describes it. I didn't know that. I was with my best friends from high school, Dan and Dave, and we were driving north from the city at night, and there was a car in front of us that was driving really erratically. And I remember we were kind of getting annoyed with this guy, and then he stopped very suddenly. And he got out of his car and started walking towards our car, and we were like, "Uh uh-oh. And then he turned and went between our cars and just sidled up to the railing and without any hesitation at all, just jumped right over. What? And we sat in the car, sort of in silence, just dumbfounded, and we called the police and we drove to the north side of the bridge and the highway patrol came, took our statements. By that time, we could see the searchlights of the boat and we asked the highway patrol, will you find this guy? And and I remember he said that the tide was going out into the ocean and he didn't think it was likely that they'd find the body. Are you serious? And I think about this guy every time I go across the Golden Gate Bridge Whoa. and I think about his family and I think about you know, how low you have to be to do that. So I don't know this song, but Taylor Goldsmith describes this moment really, really poignantly and beautifully. Uh, This might be, that might be too sad for, for this podcast. It's one of the greatest songs. Yeah. Highly recommend Dawes. All right. Actually, my buddy Dave, who was with me that night, is a huge Dawes fan. New Year's resolution. I'm going to get into Dawes. I think I think we should... Who should we call? Let's call Lauren. Let's call Lauren. Can you introduce her? Yep. My wife is Lauren Bierman, and yet you may not know her as Lauren Bierman. You may know her as Rhonda Jean Belchar, which is <laughs> her stage name. She's been singing with... My band, The Grift, for many, many years, since the day I met her. And she also knows a lot about music. So I am interested. She's also a, she knows so much country music. And I don't know Mm. when she listens to country music. It's like she has this, she knows every word to all these country songs. Great. Let's do it. Lauren? Rich! Got Clint, your husband, on the line as well. Yeah. (laughs) We're so excited to talk to you tonight. The topic this week is... What are the greatest opening lines of a song in music history? And Clinton, I think you might have some thoughts and opinions. Why? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I've been thinking a lot about this. It's a great topic. I like it when a song just kind of like rips out and smashes its fist into my chest and pulls my beating heart out with that first line. Like it either needs to be devastatingly sad or it needs to make me want to get up and dance. Like those are my two kind of needs that are being fulfilled from music. Right. Okay. So give us some examples. What song has successfully ripped your heart out of your chest? Yeah. Hurt by Johnny Cash. Mm -hmm. And... Whiskey Lullaby, Allison Krauss and Brad Paisley. Those two. All right, All right. Give us hurt. What's hurt? Go. Hurt. Give us hurt. Hurt is I hurt myself today to see if I still feel. I focus on the pain, the only thing that's real. I hurt myself today 
to see if I still feel I focus on the pain the only thing that's real Oof. and is that nine mm. inch nails it's nine inch nails but Johnny Cash worked with Rick Rubin Rick Rubin you and I have talked before on this podcast Clint about how Rick Rubin is the master of the vibe and Johnny Cash is the master of just feeling things deeply and making you just believe whatever he says. And that combination with those lyrics from Nine Inch Nails, you're right, Lauren, it's devastating. What have I become? My sweetest friend. Mm. All right, what's the whiskey lullaby lyric? It starts off with Brad Paisley. She put him out like the burning end of a midnight cigarette. She put him out like the burning end of a midnight cigarette. She broke his heart. He spent his whole life trying to forget. Oh, God, that's good. I brought up Whiskey Lullaby in a previous for saddest song ever. That that song is unbelievably sad. It's yeah. devastating. Devastating. You you talked to the other night about Garth Brooks. Oh, friends in low places. We were just Blame talking it about all this. On with, my roots. With... I showed up oh, in boots. You ruined your, your black tie of hair. So good. So good. Any other nominees for opening lines? I was kind of surprised that Clint didn't bring up Hamilton. And I don't know, Rich, if, if Hamilton is big in your house, but it's been big in our house for years. And so the, the first line of Alexander Hamilton, how does a bastard orphan son of a whore and a Scotsman dropped in the middle of a forgotten spot in the Caribbean by providence impoverished and squalor grow up to be a hero and a scholar? How does a bastard Orphan, son of a whore and a Scotsman, dropped in the middle of a forgotten spot in the Caribbean by providence impoverished and squalor. Grow up to be a hero and a scholar. Boom! Boom! Boom. That is that is great. And I'm so glad you brought up Lynn Manuel Miranda because you know when we talk about lyricists, he is a genius. That entire show, start to finish, is genius. Yeah. Every word. Like when we talk about Rich, we talk about how the economy of language and songwriting, where it has to be as loaded as possible, that two hours plus of music, every single word is so purposeful and yeah. loaded. Crafted. So the, the, Crafted. Double, the double genius of that is it's also incredibly percussive and rhythmic. Mm -hmm. And and rhymey, and rhymey. That's a good one, Lauren. That's a really good one. Thank yeah. you, Clint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it teaches our children a lot of different words, which is lots of different words we know, might not a... normally teach them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Give That's us one more. Good. You got you. You got another one. Uh, okay. So last night, Rich, we were watching Glee. Right. This is yeah. our new family show that we've gotten the kids into. And this song, this girl sings the song, and right off the bat, this first line grabs us all, and no one in this house has stopped singing it yeah. um, ever since. And it's Bust Your Windows by Jasmine Sullivan. And the first line is, I bust the windows out your car. 
it sounds so it's yeah it's pretty incredible so the kids have been singing it yeah do it I bust the windows out your car. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's, that's Sammy. I bust the windows out your car. And no, we didn't in my broken heart. I probably always have these ugly scars. But right now, I don't care about that part. I bust the windows out your car. It's a good one. And then I guess another one that I've been singing that really makes me get up and dance to differentiate um, would be Rapper's Delight and by the Sugar Hill Gang. Do you, you know it? I'm, I said I'm a hip hoping. hop, a hippie to the hippie to the hip hip hop. You don't stop rocking to the bang bang boogie. Say up jumps the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie to beat. I mean, what? that's so good because it's, what the heck does that mean? And it means nothing. It means get that. up and dance. I said a hip. It's incredible. That's a good one. All right, Lauren, you really brought your A game today. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and we're excited to have you back on the age old question. Thank you. I'd love to be back. All right. You guys are awesome. Talk, talk to <laughs> you right. later, Lauren. All right. Bye-bye. Right. Right. <laughs> we definitely need to get Lauren back on the age old question before too long, right? Oh, yeah. I actually think, Clint, that this topic is so rich and we're just scratching the surface that we might have to come back to this topic and have yeah. more discussion another time. Don't you I think? I agree with you. Okay. Did we do it, Clint? I think we did it again, Rich. What? Uh, <laughs> did it again. Did we do it again? I mean, did we go with Bob Dylan? Look, my truth might be different from your truth. Yeah, I think it is because I think I think Sir Mix-a-Lot still tops the list. Sir Mix-a-Lot is going to be the yeah. one. <laughs> Well, it, for me, it was close. It was it was almost TLC uh, on <laughs> on Scrubs. Nice. Well, we've had so much fun, and we hope you have as well. And we hope you'll join us next time when we answer another age-old question. question. Follow us on Instagram at the age-old question. Facebook, the age-old question. We hope this conversation has sparked some ideas and thoughts of your own. Let us know in the comments. But let's be kind, people. Yeah. No hating. No hating. Also, if you're digging the podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash theageoldquestion and consider becoming a part of our Age Old Question family. With your support, we'll be able to answer many more age-old questions. Thanks. Thanks.